Amen. You may be seated. This summer, we are exploring together how it is that we discern what God calls us to do, each of us individually and all of us together. The word for this is vocation, from the Latin word vocari, which means to call. Vocation, God calls us to live our lives on purpose for the common good. Our vocations are personal to each individual, but they are discerned and lived out within community. We all have multiple vocations throughout our lives and multiple vocations at the same time. We are not created for production. We're not created just to do things. God didn't make us just to do things in the world. But we are created in such a way that we each find joy and fulfillment doing some things and not other things. So we're figuring out what those things are so that we can do them. So far, we've talked about listening to our longings, being open to the past, the present, and the future, naming and living into our values, and experiencing God's presence in our everyday lives. If you missed any of those, you can find them on our podcast or on our website blog. This week, we're going to talk about the holy art of paying attention. I am a fan of Apple devices. All of my devices are on the Mac platform. It's really convenient because they all connect to each other quite seamlessly, and they perform similar functions but in different ways. I love them. One day, I was here in my office, and my phone rang, my cell phone, not the church phone, except it wasn't just my phone. Because they're all connected, at the same time, my phone, my desktop computer, my watch, and my iPad rang simultaneously. It was horrifying. Today we are talking about attention, and the opposite of attention is distraction. We live in a culture of distraction. We always have something external to distract us. God forbid we just stand in line or sit in a waiting room without scrolling through news or social media. There are TV screens at the gas pumps because apparently we can't just stand there and pump gas. We have to be distracted. I'm super susceptible to this. I'm not criticizing anyone. I, mine is that I almost always have an audiobook on because apparently I can't just wash the dishes or do my hair without some kind of distraction. But I'll tell you, I think this culture of distraction is so spiritually dangerous for us. Because what are we being distracted from? We're being distracted from ourselves, from our own thoughts, from our own pain, from our own story. I'm listening to other people's stories instead of my own story. We are being distracted from the people around us as they really are and not as they've curated themselves to be online. We're being distracted from the world around us as it really is and not as an algorithm presents it to us. Yes, I'm being really down on social media today. I think a culture of distraction is spiritually dangerous. And social media, the 24-hour news cycle, 
and devices that give us everything on demand are a huge part of that culture of distraction. My three and a half year old Sammy told me the other day he needs a phone. Which actually means that I'm using mine too much. That's all that means. In a culture of distraction, lots of things catch our attention. Like a dog who sees a squirrel, our attention snaps to whatever's moving. Squirrel. And the reason the culture of distraction is so dangerous is because it is designed, designed to make it hard for us to pay attention. The question we want to ask ourselves when discerning our vocation is not only what catches our attention, but what holds our attention. Neuroscientists say that we can't actually do more than one thing at a time. We can't actually pay full attention to multiple things at the same time. And recently I've been trying to work on this in myself. And so my one practice that I've started doing is um, I've started sewing in silence. That's my hobby. I'm a seamstress. Instead of having a book or a show or a podcast or even music, I just work on my projects in silence. Because I remembered in the 90s, all I had in the sewing room was a tape deck and we didn't have tapes on all the time, so clearly I can manage this. And I really am truly paying closer attention to what I do. And I feel better when I'm done. So what catches your attention is the first question. In passing, as you're scrolling, or better yet, as you're engaging with the real world, what catches your attention? What kinds of people? What situations? What features of nature or architecture or technology? What ideas? As the river of life flows quickly past, what do you instinctively reach out to grab? And then secondly, what holds your attention? When you choose to invest your time, when you choose to be aware and mindful and intentional, when you choose to pay attention, where does that attention go? Similar to the way I encouraged you to do a little audit of your calendar and your bank statement when thinking about values, we can do a little audit for attentiveness as well. Four things to consider. What is capturing your time, your energy, your thoughts, and your imagination? Time, energy, thoughts, imagination. What is taking up those things? Your time your energy, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, your thoughts, your problem solving, your worrying, and your imagination, your dreams, your hopes, your future plans. What is capturing the attention of your time, your energy, your thoughts, and your imagination? Once you have a sense of what that is, you can ask yourself, how it is in those things that you experience God's presence. And whether your attention is in line with your values. You see how these things weave together that we've been talking about? Attention, experiences of God's presence, and values. 
As always, we want to ground our reflections in the scripture. So I invite you to turn to, does that say Ephesians? It does. It should say Philippians. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I do know the difference. I invite you to turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, which is actually page 1830 in your pew Bibles. I checked that. Page 1830 in your pew Bibles, Philippians, chapter 4. Don't tell Sam I got this wrong because this is like our life verse, so I really should have gotten the, really should have gotten the book right. The book of Philippians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul during one of his several incarcerations. We're not sure where he was incarcerated, when he was writing, but the letter is sent to the church in the city of Philippi, which is in eastern Greece, probably about 20 or 30 years after Jesus' death. In this letter, Paul talks a lot about joy and also about distinguishing what's really important. Chapter 4 is near the end, and so Paul is starting to summarize. Like I said, we'll start in verse 4, and we'll read through verse 9 of Philippians, page 1830 in your pew Bibles. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And then the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice there are things to do before that peace happens. Let's continue. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Keep on doing whatever you have seen or heard or received from me, Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Are we giving the attention of our time, energy, thoughts, and imagination to things that are good, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy? Or are we allowing ourselves to be distracted by whatever squirrel is currently moving? Beloved, the truth is that if we're going to be attentive, which is the first step in experiencing God's presence and living in line with our values, If we are going to be attentive, we are going to have to slow down. We're going to have to stop cramming each and every moment as full as it can possibly go. We're going to have to make space in our minds and in our hearts so that we have any attention to pay. For a lot of us right now, it's all getting used up so we don't even have time or space to consider whether what we're really doing is what God calls us to do. And I'm 100% preaching to myself. So what catches your attention and what holds your attention? What do you notice automatically? What fades into the background for you? What are your attention biases? 
What holds the attention of your time, your energy, your thoughts, and your imaginations? Do you pay attention to what is true or what is false? Not just about the world around you, but about yourself. Do you give your attention to things that are noble or things that are crass? Are you captivated by what is right or by what is wrong? Because friends, if we are only ever captivated by what is wrong, we need to shift our attention. The poet Jack Gilbert says, to make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. I'll say that again for the people in the back. To make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. So are you captivated by what is right? Do you honor purity or impurity with your attention? Do you focus on beauty or on ugliness? Do you uplift things that are noble and excellent or praiseworthy, or do you ignore them? Friends, let me push a little bit more here. I think most of us would want to say that, yes, we pay attention to the good things. But dear ones, we are submerged in a culture that does not pay attention to good things. As a culture, we are fixated on and entertained by crime and violence. We watch it, we listen to it, we read it for fun, fake crime as well as true crime. I easily get sucked into that. And I personally am becoming ever more convicted that I need to be really careful with that. Because what we give our attention to gets inside us and shapes the way that we see the world around us, including people. I'm not advocating naivete or a Pollyanna mindset. I'm not saying ignore what happens in the world. But I am saying that surely there are better ways to spend our time, energy, thoughts, and imagination than on things that are violent and hateful. And if for some reason that's your profession, you especially need to find other things that can hold your attention. Attentiveness is noticing what we notice. And when we do that, when we notice what we notice, when we put a little space in there, we can begin to shift our attention. We can begin to more deliberately choose what gets to hold our attention. We may not shift much in what catches our attention. There are a lot of distractions out there. But we can grow in our ability to be less susceptible to those distractions. We can grow in our ability to be less distracted. Slowing down and creating space to notice what we notice creates space for God to show up. Remember, God doesn't usually force God's way in. If all of our time and energy and thoughts and imagination are already taken up by other things. But if we make space that we invite God to fill, it will happen. God will fill it. We will grow spiritually as we give our attention to things that are true noble, right and pure, lovely and admirable, excellent and praiseworthy.
May God give us the grace and the strength to become who we are created to be. Amen. As Brian comes back to the piano, I offer you some space for reflection, as we always do. Would you take a moment to center yourself, however that looks for you? You may need to close your eyes to block out distractions. You may need to find something in the sanctuary to let your focus softly rest on. And I invite you to relax. If anything that you heard this morning has you clenching, breathe into that space in your body and try to let that go. Listen in this moment and notice what you notice. also want to give some space this morning to what do you want to notice and invite God to help you with that. a closing prayer. Direct the ponderings of our hearts, O oh God, toward where you call us to pay attention. Open our hearts to be attentive to your work in our lives. Teach us to regard your work in all creation and to pay attention to what you are doing. We ask these things in the name of the risen Jesus. Amen. Amen.